The following is a fourth-hand production. An old wine cabinet, said to be possessed by a demon, which invokes nightmares and physical harm. An island full of giant rabbits, said to appear once every seven years off the coast of Ireland. A rural family that in the dead of winter walked one by one into their barn, but never walked out. The world is full of fascinating mysteries, and the Blurry Photos podcast sheds light on the darkest corners of the unknown. With a new storytelling-focused format, Blurry Photos brings legends to life and examines if there's any fact behind the supposed fictions. Join me, David Flora, as I explore the unexplained and explain the unexplored on the Blurry Photos podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of State of Fear Podcast. I am Chris, your host, and with me as always is my buddy. What's up everybody, this is James, nice to be back. What's how up you, man? How you doing sir? Man, I'm doing alright, how about you buddy? Fantastic, awesome. I'm, I'm living the dream brother, living, the, living dream. the dream. You're going on vacation pretty soon huh? Yes I am. That's nice. As a matter of fact, by the time this episode drops, I should be in should the be... mountains of Colorado. That's right, man, living it up off grid. Working myself, I gotta, I gotta, oh, gotta, I gotta work on the deck and do some other stuff up there. But right. I am looking forward to it. So you'll be on vacation, but you'll be doing work that you actually like. Yes, and that's fun. Yes, and it's out in the middle of nowhere by yourself. Well, my grandfather, since he passed, the cabin is now pretty much my responsibility. So okay, I helped him build it, so now it's up to me to, to take care of it. Keep so it up. I'm looking forward it's to it. Be you and the bears and the bigfoots out there, huh? Yes, sir. Sounds like a good vacation, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's episode, episode 22, is the great state of Michigan. 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 Yep. Uh, anything about Michigan that you know? Uh, well, let's put it this way. My first wife was from Michigan. Okay. I uh, was there. I went there twice. Uh, what very, part of Michigan was she very from? Very cool place. A little town called Mount Pleasant. Oh, Mount Pleasant. Okay. In Clare County. Her mama had a farm out there, about cool. 80 acres. Nice little farm. Uh, good people. Okay. Very nice country area where this place was. Gotcha. Uh, not a lot of people stacked on, on top of each other. Everybody oh, spread out there because everybody's yeah. got pretty good chunks of land. A lot land, of good land so. out there, yeah. So you went out there before? I mean, a few times? I was out there at first, and the first thing I ever did in Michigan was put a nail through my foot. Yeah, what now? 
I put a nail through my foot. How the hell you do that? I showed up. First thing we did, we went and drove to meet my mother-in-law at one of her rental properties. It was under uh, renovation. Okay. And I got out of the car, and they were taking the roofing off, and I walked and slammed the nail right through my foot. Oh, my gosh. Which sucked, because I was in the Army at that time. So I was uh, on leave. Damn. So I was like, oh, Lord. So it went all the way through my foot. So uh. I went and got a tetanus shot. They fixed me up. And I am not joking you, to this day, I have never bowled a better game of in my life. What? How does that correspond? I don't what? know how, but that weird limp kept me from doing... I have this stupid tendency to pull the ball real hard All right. to the left when I'm bowling. I go across my body for some reason, so I have to try real hard. For some reason, the limp threw me off, mm -hmm. and I was throwing the ball like perfectly straight, and it was curving in, hitting. I bowled like a 264. I mean, Did I... I I hit it hard, man. I was like, what in the hell? Did you go bowling that very night after you got patched up? Yeah. Oh, damn. They wanted to go bowling, so I'm sitting there bowling, and I'm limping on the side You're of my foot. Hopping over there, yeah. Yeah. And, what and, um what painkillers are you on, dude? Uh, nothing. Good stuff, man, apparently. No, no, no. Nothing? I was, you 20, just... I was 20 years old. Oh, you were. And, yeah. You just... were full of, like, natural painkiller. Yes. You were like, I'm 20. Yes. I'm invincible. I live forever. That's right. It's not going to stop me. It hurt like it. It hurt like I ain't going to lie. That <laughs> shit hurt. That's great. Uh, yeah, so tonight we are going to be talking about, uh, it's going to be sort of a, a twofer type episode. We got uh, two blue people. We got the blue man and blue lady of Michigan. The invasion of the Smurfs. In invasion of the Smurf couple of Michigan. And then we have a stairway to hell or heaven. Uh, as well as a phantom gateway. So it's a couple of interesting uh, topics. Yes. Something I haven't heard of before, so I'm interested to get into it. But first, why don't we get into the weird news of the day? Why not, man? I've got one here that I, you know, this is a good story. I All saw right. this one, and this is something I would actually wouldn't mind happening to me. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Let's hear it. The story is entitled, Man Forced to Isolate Alone in a Ghost Town with Murderous Past After Being Snowed In. Isn't that the plot to The Shining? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Okay. It is, as a matter of fact. All right. This is from Sky News. Uh-huh. Um. Story goes, Brent Underwood says he is definitely socially isolating after being trapped in a remote town he says seemed to be haunted. Cool. A man who bought a ghost town with a sinister past has been forced to quarantine there after a snowstorm left him trapped. He bought he the bought town. He bought it. He bought the town. Sweet. That's I so swear cool. to God, if I had money, I'd do the same thing. We, we got to reach out to him and see if we can go investigate there. Absolutely. Brent Underwood says he has been resorting to melting snow for water after his week-long stay in in Cerro Gordo, California, and was unexpectedly and significantly prolonged by nationwide coronavirus lockdown measures. Wow, and the snowing there. Yeah, that was California for one thing, and they really, they went, I mean, isolation is one thing, but yeah. damn. They locked California down. really went Locked nuts. it down, yeah. Uh, and I will say, yes, good safety tip, boiling snow is very important. Don't ever eat snow because it's full of bacteria. Gotcha. So if you're going to use snow... Survival tip, boil it. 
That's the weird tip of the day. Remember, every episode right. has to have one. Boil, boil your it, snow. Boil it or else you're going to have all kinds of revenge going on down there. <laughs> Just warning you. Okay, story continues. He told Sky News he had arrived during good weather a month ago, but that four consecutive days of snow had left him stuck there in solitude ever since. I think one morning I woke up and saw the snow was over my truck, and I thought, what have I gotten myself into, he said. I managed to calm myself down by the following day, and I decided I would just use my time here productively. If it's over your truck, that means it's like eight feet of snow on the ground. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely socially isolating, at least. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having bought the former silver mining town for approximately 1.1 million pounds, or $1.4 million American, in 2018, he had mainly left it in the hands of full-time caretaker of 21 years, Robert Desmaris. But as restrictions designated to curb the spread of COVID-19 began, the 32-year-old... You know, I'm getting sick of stories of this. I'm, I, I'm just, <laughs> COVID is just not going away. messing with everything. It's not going to go away either. It'll, it'll go away like, at some point. Nope, it's going to be like the flu. It's going to be back every single year. You think so? Oh, yeah. Nah. Yep. Ah, That's back going to be I back. I don't know, man. And I'm going rid of it. Okay. The 32-year-old marketer agreed to take over the upkeep of the 400-acre space for a week while Mr. Desmaris visited Arizona to check on his wife. Okay, so you send the help home, check on the family. You go there, whammo. You get stuck. Again, the shining. It is 26 miles from the nearest grocery store, but four feet of snow means traveling any further than a few hundred yards is currently impossible. And I will say from experience, I have been in a similar situation. Briefly, I got Mm -hmm. caught one night. I was out elk hunting and I went to, uh, I was driving a Jeep and I Mm -hmm. parked it and I started walking. Now, this wasn't no four feet of snow, but I got about two feet, but it was enough to where I lost my bearings. It was snowing so damn hard, so I had to snow cave for the night. Oh, shoot. That was interesting. That sounds terrible. But, man, I'm going to tell you what. Snug as a bug in a rug. I had my backpack with me, my yeah. sleeping bag. I, I mean, I always go full geared. Mm-hmm. So I just did that and buried myself inside. Had a little candle and food. And I was good to go. Nice. Next morning, I found my Jeep about 100 yards away, maybe. <laughs> but it, it had like two feet of snow stacked yeah. on it, man. It was something else. And despite previously being skeptic, Mr. Underwood said his experiences during his time alone in the 22-building town had led him to believe rumors that it is haunted. 22 buildings. Oh, my God, that sounds incredible. I know. He said the town had once been the subject of an episode of the TV show Ghost Adventures. Oh, boy, one of our favorites. Yep. Which concluded it was haunted by the ghosts of two children who died after being trapped in a closet. Sounds about right. Surprise, it wasn't demonically haunted. I'm sure there's one in there somewhere. I'm sure. He said, quote, apart from the ghosts and maybe a few bobcats, I'm alone. So I have been having visitors, but not, not necessarily welcome ones. I have heard some strange sounds, and I had a book fall off the shelf for no apparent reason. It's called Gravity, Fool. (laughs) Having said that, I've never felt under any threat from any spirits, because if you don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. Just like bees. So, maybe we found a way to coexist peacefully. I'm definitely open-minded about it all now, which is good. That's always a good thing. Mm Mm-hmm. While he has no more fresh food, such as bread and vegetables, Mr. Underwood said he had enough rice and tinned goods to survive until conditions allowed travel in and out of the town. That's all you need, man. This is a California story, Mm -hmm. but yet it sounds like it's written by a guy from England. I know. Tinned? 
well, tinned food. Instead you know of what? Canned goods. I think it was written. I think the story came from an English newspaper because they put the uh, conversion of dollars to pounds in there. That is true. Drolly goes hell. Yeah. Oh, so I think no, I think it's a British written newspaper. So go on. It's quite cold, and I'm quite hungry. Oh, wait a minute. Let me come back down. Out. <laughs> but I know there are lots of people around the world in far worse position, he said. Absolutely. If you got food and you got shelter, you're good to you're go. You're doing all right. It's been very interesting, but I've been trying to have fun with it. I figured I'm not getting out anytime soon, so I've been trying to treat each day as an adventure. It's and a good attitude. Indeed. He said, Cerro Gordo has been largely uninhabited for about a hundred years after mining operations there ceased in the early 1900s. A lot of the buildings were exactly as they are now, so it's full of history. Sounds awesome. This is also a very true fact. I There are tons of ghost towns in New Mexico, mm-hmm. Colorado, oh, yeah. Wyoming, about those old western settlements, especially mm-hmm. a lot of mining operations in Colorado. Yep. Those buildings are, I mean... Even at this time, I mean, yes, a lot of times people get in there and they take the old wood and stuff yeah. because it's it's neat. But those things, man, they knew how to build a house back yeah. in them days, man. They had to because it was yeah. it was in the cold. They had to make sure it lasted. Yep. It wasn't something that I planned, but when I do see what's happening elsewhere in the world, it does make me think that I may want to stay here even when the snow has cleared. Not a bad idea. Nope. I might even do it. Being here this long wasn't something that I planned, but it's given me a great chance to learn more about the place. While he had planned to begin allowing Airbnb visitors to the site in May, he said he now hoped to do so toward the end of the summer, depending on restrictions still in place. As for entertainment during his enforced solitude, Mr. Underwood said patchy internet connection meant he had been deprived of the ability (laughs) to stream films and TV shows to distract himself like so many others Uh. during the quarantine. You know what? I would find that like total zen because I am an outdoor guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mountain guy. I love that. That just sounds like but it that's would be your, so cool. That's your place. Because I can deal without the internet. It's my hell because I have no Netflix. So. I hear you. Or Amazon Prime. But go on. <laughs> to quote, I've certainly missed out on all the Netflix phenomena, he said. When I do make it on social media, I keep seeing all these memes about Tiger King, and I have no idea what people are talking about. <laughs> he definitely he's missing it. I'm going to tell you what. He's stay there, it. brother. Stay there. Have, have you seen it yet? Uh, yes. You saw it. I saw parts of it. You saw parts of it? No, no. You, you have to watch I, the whole I, thing. I know. I know. The whole thing. It is Dude, train wreck from beginning brutal. to end. Train wreck from <laughs> beginning to end, man. But, but that yeah. is the story. Cool, man. Great story, dude. I like it. Yeah, that's really neat to be to be left alone in this. That's like a dream city. thing. It's for like me a twilight to zone, you know. That's like a dream thing. Yeah. That's like great. I said, most people would literally, you know, crap solid gold bricks if they got lost in a snowstorm. The thing is, you don't start wandering around. I was in the general vicinity of my vehicle. I mm-hmm. knew I was. I couldn't find it. I couldn't see it. It was getting very, very dark. Mm-hmm. So I just settled in. Yep. I didn't panic. I was fine. I had my damn 300 Remington Magnum, so if anything stuck its head in my snow hole cave, it would have lost it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yep. But there wasn't so much as a peep. It was dead quiet. The wind blowing, you could hear it, and the snow falling is one of the most relaxing experiences of my life. Well, you're just lucky you didn't have an encounter with a Wendigo, man. It took your head right off. Yeah, we'll see. He had to come through a bunch of snow, and by the time he did that, he'd meet the business end of my Remington. It's a Wendigo, <laughs> man. It's a, it's a supernatural being. Ain't got to worry about no Remington. <laughs>
So today we are going to be talking about the Blue Man and Blue Lady and the Stairway to Hell or Heaven and the Strange Lights of Denton Road and a couple other things. So strap in, kids. Right, let's We're going all over the place. Yeah, going for a ride. All right, let's start with the Blue Lady. Now, for as long as anyone can remember, residents of Canton, Michigan and neighboring communities have grown up with the story of the historic wooden one-lane bridge over the Lower Rogue River on unpaved Denton Road and the ghost that haunted it. Even in surrounding states, the legend has been told of the ghost of a woman holding a lantern light crossing the road over the bridge, eerie cries from a ghostly baby, and mysterious orbs of light from disembodied spirits. Those bizarre sightings are even said to have been captured on video shot in night vision on August 8, 2001, and we will actually have that video available after this episode posts. The legend. So, supposedly a farmer who lived on the north side of Proctor Road near Denton Road discovered that his wife had been unfaithful. Oh, shit. One night, in a drunken fit of anger, the farmer murdered his wife's lover with an axe, which he then intended to use on his wife. I was going to say, wait a minute. It's her fault. You know, the guy, if you're out there, dudes, listen to me. If you walk in, don't beat the dude up. Unless you know him, of course. If he's like your best friend or something like that, yeah, then put his head through a wall. Uh But if it's just some strange dude with your woman and you catch him cheating... Don't go after the dude. Just throw him out well, just, because it's her fault he's there in the first place. Don't. Actually, actually, I beg and to differ. And vice versa. I beg to differ. Well, let's say I, I will offer an alternating opinion. Uh, I'd say at least 60% of the time, if there's a dude there, it's your fault because you were doing something to not pay attention or not bestow the type of attention your wife needs unless she's just a... A grubby, needy thing. Maybe getting some nay-nay on the side. Then it's your fault. You need to be more of a man. <laughs> Step up and just leave her anyway. Oh, don't be a cheating asshole. Or don't be a cheating asshole. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Definitely don't go after him with an axe. No. That's just, that's overkill. <laughs> overkill. However, she escaped on foot with her baby boy in her arms, carrying a lantern to light her way. She attempted to elude her wrathful husband by hiding under the bridge, but the lantern light gave her away and he killed her. Damn it. A glowing blue apparition of a woman has been seen in the area. The ghost is attributed to the woman killed in the legend, and tiny footprints and cries are said to be from her baby. Now, wait a minute. Did he kill the kid? Uh, it doesn't really say that. It doesn't say, but... but uh, why in the hell would you kill the baby? I mean, he's in a, he's in a fit of rage. He's, he's not thinking right. Maybe it's just the residual energy of the child during the traumatic experience. There would definitely be a lot of emotion going on at times, so yeah. he probably could have left an imprint there. That's very true. It's a, good, it's a good theory, James. Some say that the blue light is from the lantern that she had with her as she ran through the darkness of the night from her furious husband. The Blue Lady story was first compiled by Canton resident Virginia Bailey Parker in her book, Ghost Stories and Other Tales from Canton, which was published for the Canton Historical Society in 1998. Parker wrote how very human teenagers used to prank thrill-seekers who would venture into the bridge in the night hoping to glimpse something supernatural. It was common for people to arrive at midnight and, unknown to them, be scared off by pranksters and not the supposed ghosts. She also collected stories from people who remember rigging lanterns to fishing poles while driving up and down the roads in the 1960s, making people in the distance believe they were seeing mysterious floating lights. Man, people in that town got nothing better to do. They are some bored some bitches, <laughs> man. I'm telling so you. so bored. That is, that is a lot of trouble to go through. Hey, look, now I did the purse trick when I was a kid, but I never thought about <laughs> no mysterious floating lantern. <laughs> that is a lot of setup there, let me tell oh, you. Oh, you almost got it. It's like that old dude in that... Insur- oh yeah, an insurance commercial <laughs> with the dollar bill. <laughs> yeah, the fishing yeah. dude. Yeah, 
Fraternities in the 1960s from nearby Eastern Michigan University would drop new pledges in the cornfields with nothing but a lantern on a stick to find their way back. Butt naked? It didn't say butt naked. Nope. But it said nothing but a lantern. Hey, I'm very literal here. Man. I'm sure they meant they. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would uh, maybe butt naked, but I guess hopefully not in the winter because yeah. that'd be terrible. Hey. Some speculate if this caused people to believe there were strange lights in the area when in fact it was nothing more than a college freshman wondering if he was making smart life choices. Newsflash. No college kid that I've ever <laughs> known gives one shit about the choices he makes in life <laughs> at that particular time except where am I going to get my next shot? Give me some drink. Give me some smoke. Let's party. I'm hook up with this girl. That's right. Uh, pod A. Yeah. That's right. Give me another student loan. There I need you go. to stay in college another three or four years. I don't want to face the real world. I'm not done partying. That's right. A woman told about her experience at Denton Road in the 1960s, but it didn't involve a blue light or a ghost. It involved three white lights. Oh, boy. She described the lights as somewhat large, glowing in the sky, and moving over a cornfield towards them. UFO. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's close Sweet. encounters again. Like it. This witness and a couple other people were driving and watching the lights in the sky. As the lights hovered over the car, the engine cut out. Definitely a UFO. That, that's that it. Is, that is symptomatic that's of rich, UFO. Where the, where the mailbox is rattling yep. and, and, you know, everything overheating and exactly it. loss of gravity. Everyone in the car panicked, thinking that the ghost of Denton Road was upon them. They started the car back up and got out of there as fast as they could. For many years, the original wooden bridge was the target of vandals, who would set it on fire every year or so. What a bunch of jerks. Eventually, it was replaced with a concrete bridge, but that did not stop the nighttime visits of curious ghost hunters who would graffiti the guardrails as a testimony to braving the bridge. And even after Denton Road was paved in 2003, the legend of the Blue Lady lives on. I like that one. It's pretty cool, right? That's a good story. I mean, it comes from a place of, of murder. Way to go, James. I yeah. found a good one. Yeah, but it was good. <laughs> All right, let's go on to her counterpart. Her, I would some people say better half, but I say lesser half. The Blue Man. The Blue Dude. This cemetery legend from Grand Haven, Michigan, tells of a mysterious glowing blue figure that watches over the cemetery at night. Why the hell is everybody in Michigan blue? <laughs> I guess because it's, it's cold. cold. That's right. It's, it's cold, cold up in that bitch. That's right. Yep. This Blue Man is rumored to be the spirit of Reverend William M. Ferry, one of Grand Haven's founding fathers. The second part of the legend is the Stairway to Hell. Cue the dramatic music here. Bum, bum, bum. In the middle of the cemetery, there's an old, winding, uneven staircase leading up to a hill where Grand Haven's founders and notables are buried. The legend says souls travel up the stairs to determine if they get a ticket to heaven or a ticket to hell. That would suck. I'm going up. I'm going up. Yeah, you're, you're nah, literally dude. walking up. And you're going up. <laughs> I'm going in the right direction. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, no, dude. It's like, uh, oh, you get, you get up there, you're like, oh, man. This is great. You remember what I mean, you did? Oh. Yeah, you remember what you did? Yeah. yeah. You remember you hit the body? Yeah. Take this ticket. Take your ass back down the stairs. You're like, oh, man, I'm going up. I can't believe I'm going to heaven. This is great. You get up there, and, and St. Peter's up there. He's like, hmm, it looks like you intentionally skipped Lent. Here's your ticket to hell. Yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah. Or at least go sit on that bench for 10,000 years, and maybe we'll talk about <laughs> 10, it. 10,000 years. Nice. Uh, when a person is buried at Lake Forest Cemetery, the spirit will journey up the stairs. Once at the top, if their soul was meant to go to heaven, an incredible white light will appear, which is interpreted as a door leading to the entrance of heaven. If the soul reaches the peak of the hill and there is no light, they are damned and will be sent back down the hill where hell is waiting for them. Crap. Man. That, that is, would suck. That is the, oh longest, the longest walk up a stairs you will ever have in your entire you like being. Step. I was Light, yeah. light. Yeah. Please. Light, light. Wait. I got three steps left. Light. I know. I know. <laughs> 
I'll walk upstairs backwards. Yeah. So I'll be surprised. <laughs> I'll turn around, like cover my eyes and yeah. spin around. <laughs> Do the thing where you yeah. separate your fingers. Like, uh, is there a light? Is there a light? It's a light. Praise the Lord. And then it's just your jerk friend who's playing a trick on you with a flashlight. Ha, yeah. just kidding. You're going to hell. Peace. Yep. yep. The Phantom Gateway. A dad and his two sons were bicycling through the cemetery one day in 1979. The hell for? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, Don't let's know. go, let's go, let's go right through the cemetery. Like, yeah, Michigan people have nothing better to do, apparently. There, well, there's not much. After pedaling, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I guess after what you told me, yeah, you're. Hey, after right. you see Lake Michigan and Lighthouse Cove, um, and you can also cross into the Upper Peninsula and go to Mackinac Island and stuff uh-huh. like that. That's all very cool. So after you're done with all that, you come back, you put a nail through your foot, and you go bowling. Yeah, pretty much. That's (laughs) it. Good vacation. After pedaling through the cemetery roads, they decided to continue their trip elsewhere. He wasn't sure where the exit was and continued to search. He decided to follow along the boundary fence that he thought would surely lead to an exit. Eventually, they came to an unknown exit on Lake Avenue that they passed through. Days later, he went back with one of his sons looking for that mysterious exit. According to the man, quote, I didn't find the same entrance which we had exited on our bike trip. We didn't find it. I went back myself several times searching every possible road, both within the cemetery and from without. There was no such entrance or road as we had used leaving the cemetery, end quote. Perhaps somebody saw you riding in the cemetery and they completed the fence where the hole once existed. <laughs> Therefore, no exit. Maybe. You know, to keep you out from pedaling around the cemetery like it's a... Like it's a motocross, motocross, you know, raceway or yeah. whatever the hell. Maybe you were just really drunk when you were biking and you, I you, guess. you just went through some bushes, thought it was an exit, you know? Probably. He says the nearest exit he could find was about a mile from where he had exited before. When he regaled his tale to buddies, they admitted that they too had similar experiences of passing through a phantom gateway they could never find again, no matter how many times they went back to search. A mile a mile. How big is this freaking cemetery? And um, did his friends mean that they also had experiences in the cemetery or just random places? Who knows? But man, I'll tell you what. And uh, yeah, and that's um, that's the story of uh, Denton Road and the Blue Man and Blue Lady, man. Nice. Yeah, very interesting. Not too much on them, but uh, what was on them was very, very interesting. And uh, I learned something new today. And I was married to a Michigander and... Never once was told the tales or the legends of this. So this is very cool. Really? Another learning experience. Yes, fantastic. All right, James, why don't you tell the fine folks at home where they can find us? I will do just that, my friend. You can find us on the fourthhand.com network along with our sister project, What the Suck. You can also find us on the Facebook under State of Fear. And you can find us on Instagram under State of Fear. We encourage you to please follow us. Like the episodes, uh, leave comments under the episode posts, rate us, review us, please. You help us out when you do it, and it's going to help us bring you even more decent, kick-ass material in the future. That's right. We've got a few ideas we're kicking around for some cool new stuff, so, uh, you know, stick around. That's right. All right, James. Well, uh, I think I'm ready to head on to the next uh, state. What about you? That's right, man. Let's get on down the road. Take care, everybody. See you guys.
been listening to a fourth hand joint.